go to the book of Genesis, book of Genesis chapter 39. We uh, started talking about Joseph last week, and of course, uh, if you're here for the first time, we're talking about different members of uh, the, oh, not members, different people in the book of Genesis, and uh, and so we want to just take a look now at chapter 39. We're, this is, we have two, and I think we'll probably just end up with three weeks on Joseph, but uh, this will be the second one on Joseph, and and uh, we talked about some of the, the characteristics, some of the things that went on in Joseph's life, and some of the things that we can learn from it, and Brianna, if you want to use that as chapter 39 of the book of Genesis, or it's a big old Bible, but but uh, chapter 39, we look at uh, just this quote is where we'll begin. Dr. Bob Jones said that the back of every tragedy in human character, there's a process of wicked thinking. The back of every tragedy in human character, there's a process of wicked thinking. Now, by that, it just meant it started someplace. You started thinking it before you acted it out. Uh, and it's so crucial and so vital what we allow in our minds, and it's so crucial what we allow, uh, you know, in our eye gates and ear gates, you know, when we allow the things to come in. But it's so important that we, we I, I call this actually control the mind. Uh, it's, but it's so very important that we are careful about what we allow to come in and out of our minds and what we allow to remain in our minds. That's very important that we are very careful about that. And so, well, again, we're talking about Joseph, and Joseph is, many believe, is a picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And as I said last week, he's not a Christophany. He's not a, he's not a revelation of Jesus in the Old Testament. He's, a, he's just a picture, uh, many believe, of Jesus. And, and, uh, but he's also a human being. We mentioned that last week. And so we're going to look at some things about Joseph. I will never live up to being who Joseph was. I'll never be as good. I don't think anybody here, he, this, this, this man was an incredible uh, man of character, discipline, organization, uh, integrity. He's, he's an amazing man. It'd be something to, we could very much look at. But what we're going to look at here, though, is how this incredible man uh, is still a human being and how I believe factually we're going to be able to see some things that could protect us if we'll learn from this life of Joseph, Joseph all in this chapter 39. Now, we, we already hit this probably when I first got here, but, but, I, but just I think, and but I'll be honest with you, traveling so much uh, as we entered in, coming in here, I'm, uh, I'm kind of not sure exactly what we did, but I, but I figured you don't remember it either. So we're going to go back into it because this is where we're at, where we're dealing with Joseph in Genesis. And so we go to Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. It says, Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down, down thither. Now, we talked about that kind of early life of Joseph, some of the mistakes he made, uh, I believe to be mistakes, and some of the things. But uh, he came to his brothers, and they, he's coming out there with his coat of many colors. They throw him into the pit. They take him, and they sell him. Now, he's been bought and brought down to Egypt and bought by Potiphar. Now, Potiphar is uh, the captain of the guard, the scripture says, and, and uh, best that I, as I can research it, and it's not deeply researched, but the, uh, much as I've researched it, that captain of the guard is kind of like what we would think of today as the secret service, uh, the head of the secret service that would protect the president. Uh, he's the captain of the guard that would protect Pharaoh. 
And so this is a fairly important person, at least he's important to Pharaoh, uh, because he's protecting his life. And so that would mean, though, he would, have, he would have soldiers at his disposal. That means that he probably would have fairly, a good number of servants at his disposal. Probably means he's fairly well off uh, in, in his life, enough so that he can buy Joseph. And it says, verse 2, it says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hands. And so everything's going well, as well as it can be when you're in captivity and when you're, you're basically a slave to someone. And Joseph says, found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him. And now this is where, if you got your Bible, you want to underline it or something, this is part of the evidence that's there. He made him overseer over his house. Very important. He made him overseer over his house. And then it says this, and all that he had, he put into his hand. This is very important that we understand. And it's so important that God's going to emphasize it because you look in the very next verse. It says, verse 5, and it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house. Notice that again. He just said it in the verse before. Now he's saying it again. And anytime God repeats something, he's making emphasis. He's trying to get us to recognize the importance of this statement. He made him overseer of his house, in verse 5, and over all that he had. So this whole thing has been stated again. He's over everything. That the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Now, again, this, he says it's over all, again, all that he had. But this time he goes a little bit farther and he says it's not just all he had in the house. It's not just, okay, he's over all his house, but in case you don't understand, and, and I think God's kind of saying, okay, over all of his house, that terminology could mean just the house uh, proper that he's over. And you think, okay, well, he's over his, everybody that works in the house. But God's saying, let me make it clear. His house, what I'm talking about is his possession, his everything. And that's why he says it's over all he had in the house and in the field. And so he's saying, uh, you know, when we were growing up, we, we had a, a house that was on a 10-acre piece of land. And then uh, down in the, the bottom uh, land, dad had 30 acres. And so the, he had fields down there, and, uh, and we, we worked, and, and he planted different things down in those 30 acres. Well, the, the, to say he's over the house, that could just be the structure that we lived in. But to say he's over all he had in the house and the field, that means the 10 acres of land. That means the 30 acres that he possesses. That means everything that he's got. And so God's emphasizing how much Joseph is really over in this situation. So now look at verse 6, verse 6. And he said, he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. Again, this is like, uh, and I didn't, you know, it's like the fourth time now that God is saying Joseph's over all. How much is Joseph over, folks? Come on, help me now. How much is he over? He's over everything. He's over all. And God may, must mean, you know, this must be really important that we know this. And he knew not aught that he had, save the bread which he did eat. Now, it's talking about Potiphar. Potiphar uh, said he turned everything over to Joseph, so much so that Potiphar doesn't even know what he's got anymore. He doesn't even know what's going on in the field or in the house. Basically, he just says, you know, 
I come and sit down and there's food on the table and I'm happy. That's what he says. And he knew not all that he had, save the bread which he did eat. He just, Potiphar doesn't even know what's going on in his home anymore because he's turned everything over to him. Uh, that's a pretty good assistant to have. Amen? Uh, somebody that you can just delegate it to. Uh, Jeremy's been working with me. And one of the things that I, I'm trying to get uh, to Jeremy and teaching him as he's working, he's doing a great job. And man, he takes a heavy load off of me and Jeremy's helping me so much. Uh, but I told him, you know, this is very important initiative. You just look, don't, don't wait for me to say do. You look for what needs to be done. And it's amazing how many things he's getting done now. I mean, he's just looking for things to be done. Well, what, you know, my hope is I'll get him trained to he just does everything so I can just sit back and drink coffee. And so, uh, and so that's really my goal. Amen. But uh, verse 6, he said, He left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not all that he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. So everything, as far as in the situation he's in, this is about the best situation you can have in the situation that he's in. And it came to pass, though. Anytime, watch this, folks, uh, maybe you've already realized this, but anytime things are going good, that means you're kind of on a mountaintop. Well, what's on the backside of a mountaintop? A valley. And just, just to warn you, you know, if you're doing something for God, you're going to take a hit. If you're well-blessed and God's well, and you're well-favored and you're doing well, you got to be prepared that the devil is going to come with an attack. He's coming. He's going to come. He's, he, he wants, if he doesn't have your eternal life, he wants to destroy your physical life so that you'll have no more influence over anybody else's eternal life. And so we want to, we understand that the devil wants to, and it says in verse 7, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, Lie with me. And so there's a temptation that comes in Joseph's life. But look at what he does now, and this is wonderful. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, my master, what if not what is with me in the house? And he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. Look again, you know, Joseph realizes, look, I've been very privileged. He's, he's turned over everything to me. And, and he even, verse 9 now, Joseph now, God's going to allow Joseph to even emphasize how much he's in charge because it says in verse 9, there is none greater in this house than I. Now we're talking about a slave, a servant, who's saying over the, all the, I believe, the soldiers that work for Potiphar, all the people that are hired to work for Potiphar, all the assistants that Potiphar had, all these people, you got this slave, this bought slave, says there's nobody greater in this house than me. Neither hath he kept back anything from me. He's got a lot of freedom. He's been treated really well because God has blessed him and he's prospered. And he says, neither hath he kept back anything from me, but thee, because thou art his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And so he, he says, you know, there's no way. And this is the wonderful thing. Joseph is going to refuse it, refuse this temptation to walk away from it. Now, here's what we want to look at. Look at verse 10, though. Look at verse 10. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph, 
day by day. Now, this is another piece, what I call evidence, and uh, we, we in, in that, boy, I just drew a blank, and tell me your net last name again. Uh, Newman, Newman, Nelson Newman, yes. Um, Nelson is here, uh, visit with us, he's got a table back here, we'll talk about it in, in the main church uh, service, he has a ministry, and I, apparently you're also military, is that right? Okay, uh, it works with the Army, so... But he's, you know, traveling through, set up a table back here, and he'll tell us a little bit about his ministry that he, that he has. But, uh, uh, and now I went through all of that, and now I forgot what I was fixing to talk about. What was I saying, Joe Beth? Day by day. Okay, thank you. You were paying attention. Amen. All right. And it came to, uh, let's see here. Let me find it again. Oh, yes. And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. Now, day by day means every day. Every day that he comes in to the house to do the work that he's got to do, and he's over everything, so every day he's going to have to do this. Every day, if, if Potiphar doesn't even know what's being put on the table, then every day Joseph's got to make sure what goes on the table. Every day Joseph's got to make sure what they're preparing as far as the meals. Every day, Joseph's got to make sure that the people that are supposed to go to the field go to the field. Every day, Joseph's got to make sure that, that everybody is in their place and the ones who's supposed to be cutting wood and, and making the fire is doing that. And, and every day, Joseph is taking care of all of this. And now every day, day by day, that he hearkened on unto her, uh, every day she comes and she tempts him. Now, uh, I know where I was going. I was just going to, you know, just going to say the... Uh, I call this evidence because I used to be in law enforcement and, and uh, did a little bit of investigations and detective work. And so the, 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 I look at this and I see this as testimony and as evidence that God has given us because he doesn't put anything in the Bible without a reason. And so he's given us this, these statements that are very important to us to show us what's really going on. And so each day Joseph comes walking in and each day Joseph, when he comes in, uh, then he is he, somewhere along the way he's approached. Somewhere along the way, uh, his, Potiphar's wife comes to him and she tempts him. And this is my wife, just so you know. Uh, and so she tempts him. And, uh, and so he faces that every day. Day by day, this goes on. And Joseph, being a strong man, uh, Joseph being a moral man, Joseph being a spiritual man, Joseph being a man that's seeking God, he walks away from that day by day. Day by day, he walks away from that and says no to that temptation. Now, that's, that's really a good thing. But now, look at verse uh, 11. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. Well, we... We know that he went into the house each day because day by day when he went into the house, she tempted him, right? We know every day he goes into the house. Every day he's got all these responsibilities. Every day that he goes in the house, she tempts him. So today, though, in verse 11, it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. But look at this next statement. And there was none of the men of the house there within. Why does God put that in there? 
I believe the reason God put that in there is because every other day there were men of the house in there. Josh, can you come here for a second with me? I believe every day that Joseph entered into the house, he had somebody with him. He had somebody with him because every other day, because this is the first day, day by day, he's being, Joseph's being tempted, and this is the very first time that God says, okay, let me tell you, there's something different today. There's none of the men of the house there within. So every other day, there was somebody in the house with Joseph, another man. So when he is tempted, we say, Joseph's pretty strong. Well, there's two things that, that uh, would affect this. One, he's got a witness here. Well, I'm getting stronger because I don't want this guy to uh, see me fail. So that gives me some strength because I've got somebody here with me. The other thing they always say was, she could have just been really fat and ugly. But the, uh, no, I always have this mental picture of Joseph running and, and, uh, and, her, and Potiphar's wife going, I won't get you, you know. Uh, uh, so, now, but every other day. Now, this day, though, he's not there. Nobody's there. Now, let's just think now. If every day I go into the house, she's going to tempt me. If I go into today, can, is there anything that I can know before I enter this house? If every day before now I go into the house, she tries to tempt me. What's going to happen today if I go in the house? She's going to tempt me. I mean, if it happened every other day, can I assume it's going to happen today? That's a pretty good pattern. God said day by day, every day, he goes in, this happens. Well, I think probably it's going to happen today. Okay, then watch. But God says, Joseph, knowing that it's going to happen today, went into the house alone. You see a problem? Anybody see a problem with this? This is a huge problem. One, principally, I shouldn't go there alone anyway. But if I already know it's going to happen, how foolish am I to walk in there knowing it's going to happen and walk in alone? Somebody help me? I'm not condemning Moses. I'm not condemning Joseph. I'm just telling you this. I believe God put this, all this information in here so that we could learn. Watch this incredible truth. If this man of this stature of people say this is a picture of Christ in the Old Testament, here's, he's to that level of spirituality. If he can do something stupid, probably we can too. Now, there was none of the men of the house there within. And no, notice this now. That's why something happens different today that never happened before. Look what happens. And she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out and said, now wait a minute, Joseph's a good guy, man. He still fled. 
Okay, and that is incredible. I'm thrilled that he did. But now I want you to, one more little piece of evidence that's not really written here, but you have to think this thing through. Joe Beth, could you come here for a second because you make such a good Potiphar's wife. Watch this. She took his coat, right? Okay, tell me, how close do you have to be to someone for them to take your coat? Pretty close. Thank you. Why was he that close? You think Potiphar's wife was a track star and she ran him down, grabbed his coat? Do you think she snuck out as he walked by a door? She snuck out and jumped on his back and grabbed, no. No, I'm afraid that Joseph not only walked in knowing what she's going to do, he allowed her to get, hold up, this close, at least. Why? Why would Joseph allow that? And it came to pass when he saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth. And we know the story. I'm not going to go any because I only got about five. No, I really don't. I'm normally stopping right now. Um, here's what I want you to understand. This is not a condemnation of Joseph. This is trying to teach us how careful we need to be. How important it is that we are careful about our lives. Because if this could happen to Joseph, it could happen to anybody. Nobody is above it. Nobody is above this happening. Now, here's the, the whole issue, though. If you go to chapter 41, verse 1, it says, It came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, that he stood by a river and went through all that. You see... Verse 20 of chapter 39, I didn't read it. Chapter 39, verse 20 says, Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in prison. Verse 1 of chapter 41 shows us that he's there over two full years. So over two full years, Joseph goes to prison, but Joseph didn't do anything wrong as far as immortal. He didn't do anything. Why did he go to prison? Well, there's two reasons. Because once you put yourself in that situation, anybody can say anything, and let me help you. In our society, then, you know, it's a, it puts you in a very tough situation. Now, number two is, is this. I believe God wanted to use him. Watch this now. I believe all along God was taking Joseph to Pharaoh to be second in command to Pharaoh. But here's the problem. If Joseph is going to play with sin, and let me tell you, I believe personally, I believe Joseph was a normal human being. That Here he is, he's a spiritual man, he's a good man, and he said, I'll never do anything wrong, I'll never be it, I'll never let her get to me, I'll never do what she wants me to do, I'll never do it. But, you know, there's something exciting about being desired. There's a tingle. There's an excitement. There's a thrill. And so each day he went in, she enticed him, you know, and it's just kind of like, 
I must be, I must still look pretty good, you know? And so today he goes in, though, and he plays with sin just a little bit too long. Now, here's the whole issue. If God's going to use Joseph as second in command to Pharaoh, he doesn't. And people say, well, he had never been to Pharaoh if he hadn't gone to prison and told the, no, I don't believe that. I believe he could have gone straight from Potiphar to Pharaoh. But God said, no, time out. There's something you got to learn. When you become second in command to Pharaoh, you're going to be the most powerful man in all of Egypt, all the, really the known world. Do you think a man like that, when people are starving to death, might get tempted? Do you think maybe every woman of Egypt might come after a man that powerful? Yeah, he's going to have, he's going to, have to face some temptation, and God said, if I'm going to use you, you've got to, get, you've got to learn a lesson. If you can't handle temptation here, if, you don't, if you're going to play with sin here, you're going to lose it here. So I'm going to send you to prison. And I believe Joseph got to, to Pharaoh. And when he got to Pharaoh, and as they marched by him by the thousands, as they were hungry and they brought whatever they had to try to buy food, and they were trying to survive, and they came by, and all the temptresses of the world came by. And as they came by, every time one of them came by, I think he had a couple of soldiers on either side of him. He just shoved forward. He said, fellas, get her out of here because I'm not going back to prison. I've already been to prison. People you know, say, Joseph didn't, went to prison unnecessarily. No, I think he went to prison because, me personally, I think God sent him to prison. Not in prison to hurt him, a prison to prepare him because God had an incredible work for him to do. So this is not a condemnation of Joseph. It's a lesson to us. We don't have to go to prison to learn the lesson. We have the joy of having the word of God that teaches us the lesson we need to learn without having to go through the pain that Joseph went through to teach us. So we have to be very careful in life. And so my time is way up. Father, I pray that you bless Lord Jesus. Thank you for your goodness and your love.